Welcome back to Mothers in Construction. I'm your host, Tonya Rivers. Today, we are going to speak to Dr. Tiffany Turner Anderson and Dr. Adana Yanos. They're going to speak about the main health concerns for women and also the importance of self-care. So ladies, please pay attention to these gems that these ladies are going to drop for us. And if you cannot change but one thing in your daily regimen, do that. After all, we're no good to anyone else if we're not good to ourselves. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And don't forget to check us out every Thursday. Like and subscribe. Welcome everyone to Mothers in Construction. I have some very special guests with me today. Hi, I'm Dr. Dana Llanos. I'm an associate professor in the Department of Epidemiology at the Mailman School of Public Health at Columbia University. I'm also the founder and principal at Win Biomedical Consultant and um, the owner of Savvyville Boutique. I am Dr. Tiffany Turner Anderson. I am a board certified internal medicine physician. I work as a hospitalist physician at a local hospital. I'm also the owner of Virtual Wellness MD, which is a virtual practice where people can have doctor's visits online. I also own a company called HBCU Couture, which sells HBCU apparel to people who are passionate about their education from a historically Black college or university. All right. So <laughs> I wanted the listeners to know that you all are also members of the Bison Bays, which is some dear friends of mine from Howard University. And I wanted to reach out to you ladies because we definitely have our own personal conversation conversations in regards to health. And I thought that it would be so fitting to have you all on this podcast, which is dedicated to mothers and dedicated to women in construction. Even though this is not directly related to construction, medical, health, awareness, all of this stuff is important to our well-being. All right. So let's start off with you, Tiff. Um, if you can speak to our listeners about the top three health concerns for women from your experience and discuss the importance of routine checkups and transparency with your provider so that you can provide proper care. Sure. So I think the top three things that I encounter, especially in women, are cardiovascular disease, cancer, specifically breast cancer, and mental health issues like depression, anxiety. So to start with cardiovascular disease, really that includes both stroke and heart attacks. And just to give some statistics about both of them, one in nine women between the age of 45 and 64 will have symptoms of cardiovascular disease. And one in three women over age 65 will have symptoms of the same diseases. Wow. Cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death in women in America. And a statistic I learned recently is 49% of African-American women over the age of 20 have some form of cardiovascular disease. So I just found that to be astounding because we know it's you know serious and that it's happening. But to know that half of Black women over the age of 20 have some element of heart disease is obviously something we need to change. Right. Um, and so really, I wanted to touch on what the risk factors are for heart disease. So things like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, and smoking. And um, I'll try to keep it brief, but obviously we want to make sure we look out for these issues. And once we find out we have them, we address them appropriately. So something like diabetes, obviously you want to control how much sugar intake you have. If you have diabetes, you should be seeing your doctor every three to six months to have a blood test called an A1C checked 
to make sure that things are under good control. If you have high blood pressure, you want to decrease your salt intake, limit it to 2,000 milligrams a day. Exercise, check your blood pressure at home, make sure you have your own blood pressure cuff. And be into the doctor every three to six months if your blood pressure is not at goal. So goal would be less than 140. High cholesterol, you want to have your cholesterol checked at least once a year. Total cholesterol goal is less than 200. And we really look at the bad cholesterol and that's LDL. That's the one that puts us at risk for stroke and heart attacks. So you want to pay attention to that when you get your lab results and make sure you talk to your doctor if they're not at goal. Obesity, we know, puts us at risk for many of the things that I just mentioned. So if diet and exercise are not sufficient to get your weight under control, talk to your doctor. See a doctor who specializes in obesity. There are physicians that get extra training to address this. And if none of those things or medical interventions are not working, there's always surgery. And last but not least, smoking, just don't do it. That's all I can say. Just like that. <laughs> don't do it. And if you're doing it, stop. And so um, the second thing I mentioned was cancer. Cancer is the second leading cause of death in women. And everybody focuses on breast cancer, and I am going to talk about it, but actually the leading cause of cancer death in America in women specifically is lung cancer. 85 to 90% of lung cancer cases are associated with smoking. So either someone who smokes themselves or is exposed to a significant amount of secondhand smoke. So if you don't smoke, also avoid being around someone who's smoking because that does put you at risk for cancer. Something I wanted to make people aware of is they are now recommending lung cancer screening, and this is a newer recommendation. And so it's for people who have smoked for more than 20 years. If you've quit within the past 15 years, they recommend you get a CAT scan of your lungs to check for evidence of lung cancer because the key to avoiding significant complications of cancer is early detection, a really prevention, right? Not doing it and or early detection. And then to go to the second leading cause of cancer death, which is breast cancer, it obviously affects women heavily. I know most of us are have either dealt with it personally or know someone, a family member, close friend that has dealt with it. And so things that you want to do are really the biggest thing is early detection. If you're between the age of 40 to 49, talk to your doctor. Ask them if you should be getting a mammogram because there were some changes in the recommendations over the past 10 years or so. So they say 40 to 49, talk to your doctor. If you're low or average risk, you don't have to get the mammogram, but talk to your doctor. Age 50 and up, you should be getting a mammogram every other year. Mm. And after the age of 75, we don't recommend routine screening. So those are just some ground rules about what you should be doing to prolong your life. And then last, but definitely not least, is mental health illness. So I know we've been talking about this a lot, especially in light of the pandemic, 
Things we see so often, especially now, are things like depression and anxiety. Mm. And I think it's so important for us to normalize these things because they're so prevalent. And it's not just people that don't have their lives together or, or live under a certain circumstance. We're all dealing with these things. And I think it's important for us not to normalize the presence of these illnesses, but also normalize the treatment of them. Mm. So if you feel sad, you feel hopeless, you're not sleeping well, you're not eating well, or you're worrying about things to the point that it's affecting your daily activities, seek help. You know, most uh, employers have programs where you can look up a database of therapists that are covered by your insurance and no one can know what you discuss with your therapist. It's like going to the doctor. Anything that you discuss with a therapist, it's protected by privacy laws and you shouldn't feel hesitant to seek help because, you know, some people are dealing with things that are as serious as suicide, right? Thoughts of suicide. And you don't want it to get to that point before you seek help. I think those are my top three things, heart disease, cancer, and definitely mental health. Thank you so much for that information. I think it was very informative for the listeners. And I want to dial it all the way back and be a little bit real. Um, First things first, let's go to the doctor, (laughs) right? I can raise my hand and shamefully say that I go to the doctor mostly when I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. When you're pregnant, you have all of these routine doctor checks and you have that responsibility to your baby and you're going all the time. Once I give birth and after I go for my, you know, maybe my six month checkup and maybe my monthly checkup, I will be honest in saying that it has not been on the top of my list. Why? Because I'm scheduling an appointment for this one and that one and this one and that one. And I always come last. And I know that definitely women in construction, just women, period, moms, period. We always put ourselves last because we put our family first. So we got to get to the doctor so that we can have these conversations. Okay. And then also when it comes to anxiety, you know, a lot of women in construction, especially if they're in management positions, a lot of us are control freaks. Let's be real about that because we're used to managing problems. We're used to taking on everything and solving everything. But those personality traits are usually the people who appear strong, but inside are very weak. So that's when you start having the anxiety and the panic attacks. And it's so normalized because then you say, oh, I just need five minutes. No, you need to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You need to seek therapy. Again, I will be very transparent in saying that after 39 years and after 16 years of construction, that This year was the first time that I sought therapy. So I'm actually talking to a therapist now. It has completely changed my life. It has helped me deal with the stresses of life. You know, especially you all spoke about having several businesses on the side. This podcast, in addition to working full time, it's a lot. Let's speak about not getting enough sleep. Right. So you both can touch on that as well, how important sleep is, because sometimes anxiety and everything does come from not getting enough sleep. So no one in the house can stand you because you're just going off, you know, for every little thing because you're tired. Take a nap. Take a nap when you can. Absolutely. I think it's so key. A lot of women, professional women, mothers, wives, you know, we we hold so many hats and we have so many responsibilities and we put everyone else first. And as you mentioned, we really can't serve everyone else if we're not first caring for ourselves. And sleep is so key to that. I, you know, deal with (laughs) working on getting more rest and the 
proper rest so that I can be my best self in all settings. And so something that I think is important is sleep hygiene. I've looked this up a lot and it talks about just getting to sleep at the same time each night if possible, waking up around the same time, you know, making things quiet in your environment, not watching TV while you're going to sleep, not eating too close to going to sleep, just setting yourself up for success so that you can hold or or wear the many hats that you're used to wearing. I love it. Sleep hygiene. Listen, y'all, sleep hygiene. Wonderful. All right, Adana, I want to switch over to you. I thought it was so cool for the listeners to understand your commitment and what you do for a living is your commitment to cancer research. So you focus on establishing risk factors and also actually study the use of certain personal care products, which also leads to cancer. Yes. So as a cancer molecular epidemiologist, My research has focused on understanding how different risk factors contribute to inequities in breast cancer. I study breast cancer primarily, but I'm really interested in understanding why populations of African ancestry in the U.S. and the Caribbean and Africa, but also medically underserved and low SES group have a disproportionate burden of cancer. Um, Mm. You mentioned some of the work that I've focused on recently includes looking at hair product use and how using certain hair products might be associated with increased risk of breast cancer, but also with more aggressive tumor features. And we know that more aggressive disease contributes to the increased likelihood of mortality. One of the Mm -hmm. things that Dr. Turner mentioned was um, that breast cancer is the second leading cause of death in women. But in Black women, a Black woman that's diagnosed with breast cancer has at least 40% higher likelihood of death compared to her white counterparts. So that's something that I'm really interested in understanding more about. I'm in a high-risk breast cancer family because women in my family are diagnosed with breast cancer at very young ages. Um, I had a cousin that was diagnosed at age 28, which is really quite a young age, especially when the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommends screening starting at age 50. Right. Dr. Turner mentioned that women ages 40 to 49 should discuss with their healthcare providers, you know, plans for screening. But the reality is, if you're at average risk or if you're someone who isn't in a family that's classified as high risk, then that provider is probably not going to recommend you to be screened until you're 50. Another thing that we probably need to talk more about is just being open and honest about our family history, because knowing our family history of breast cancer and other conditions, including heart disease and other things, will really help us do the things that will maintain our health and prevent certain conditions. So with the hair products, um, my group has recently published, um, we've actually published two papers on this topic. The first one really highlighted the fact that using hair dyes, specifically dark shades of hair dye, is associated with higher risk of breast cancer, especially in Black women. But this year, we actually published a new analysis which suggests that hair dye use and relaxer use and certain characteristics of use, including initiating use at younger ages, before puberty, and also using these products for 10 years or more. And other characteristics like the type of application. Do we, are we getting our hair dyed or relaxed in a salon? Are we using at-home kits? Things like that 
are also associated with uh, more aggressive tumor features. So that's a really interesting area because as women, one of the things that make us who we are, especially Black women, is our hairstyle, right? So just having more awareness about potential exposures in these products that we're using, I think is important. And I'll just mention, which I think goes along with the conversation we've been having so far. I've also been studying the relationship between stress and breast cancer risk, specifically in Black women. Um, Black women between the ages of 30 and 65 actually have among the highest rates of chronic physiologic stress. So stressors that impact us throughout our life course. And emerging literature just suggests that long-term exposures to stress contributes to adverse health outcomes, including breast cancer. These are things that we definitely want to pay attention to. You know, talking about sleep hygiene and, I mean, just self-care. These are things that we really need to pay a little bit more attention to, especially as young professional women with a lot going on, husbands and children and businesses and careers. We have to also put ourselves first, as you both already mentioned. Ooh, that was so powerful. Goodness, women, we can't get a break, huh? (laughs) And I think it's so important for us to have these conversations A lot of us have these conversations, you know, in our smaller groups and everyone may not have friends such as I have to get all of this information. So I hope that this reaches a lot of people. But let's just think about our lifestyles for a minute. When you spoke about products and relaxers, I probably got my first relaxer at 12. Right. A lot of us were in elementary school. And how long were we getting these relaxers? The natural hair movement really just started for us to really bask in the glory of, you know, loving our natural hair. It was so important for us to have our hair relaxed um, and, and not knowing what you were putting into your body. I'm glad that you brought up the natural hair movement. And I don't want to alarm anybody, but just because a product says natural doesn't mean it doesn't contain toxic ingredients. So this is something else that mm-hmm. my group actually studies. Because the more we learn about what's in these products, the more we learn that the labeling on these products are not <laughs> necessarily perfectly accurate. So yes, probably better not to relax our hair for long term, you know, long time frame, right? Because as I mentioned, we are seeing um, in our study sample and in many other studies as well, that suggests long term use of these products could be harmful. But another thing is that because products contain so many chemicals that we don't know how these chemical exposures impact our health, not just our breast health, but just our health in general, um, and also the health of our children. You know, pregnant women could be using products and exposing their kids to harmful toxic chemicals. So that's a whole different topic, but I do just want people to be aware that whether you're using relaxers or you're using quote unquote natural products, be careful what's in in those products. I'm so glad you said that because the normal person wouldn't think that. You'll think all natural and you just go and you pick it up and you put it right into the basket. And you know it again to each its own because there's going to be some people who even knowing this information are going to continue to perm their hair because the thought is when we take a breath, (gasps) 
you're breathing in so much toxins that are in, naturally in the air. So I'm not trying to, mm-hmm. you know, down talk on anyone. If that's what you want to do, fine. But for those of us that are concerned and where it is um, peaking our interest and in what you're speaking about, how do you become aware? Because if I'm looking on the back of the bottle, I don't know what in the world these things are. And when you got 10 minutes to go into the, the shop to buy whatever you got to do because you got to pick up the kids, what are some ingredients that are instant triggers from your studies? So I won't speak about specific chemicals right now because that's actually the next area that our research is going in. Um, We have a study where we've collected information about all of the products that respondents use in 24 to 48 hours. And we've actually come up with a database of about, I think it was about 9,800 unique products that people report using. Some people use six products a day. Some people use 30 products a day. So what Mm -hmm. we're doing from here is collaborating with the environmental working group to start looking at each of these individual products to understand their chemical compositions and also to understand the hazards or the toxicity of these products. So, but to your point, it is difficult for us, you know, to walk into a store and to sift through all these products and look at all these chemicals to realize or to understand which products could be better for us than others. Well, there are actually a few really useful apps on your smartphones that you can scan products and you can take a look at some of the information about these products so that you can make better choices. One of the apps that I use regularly is the Healthy Living app. It's developed by the Environmental Working Group and they actually test many consumer products, not just hair products. They test baby products and perfumes and all sorts of consumer products just to study potentially harmful and toxic substances and how they might be impacting health. Because, you know, we want to be in a position to make better choices for ourselves, for our families, but also the environment, because all of these things impact our health. Yes, definitely. Thank you, everybody. Write that down. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I want the both of you also now to offer some advice to women and mothers in construction regarding um, practicing routine self-care and just basically just paying attention to your body. That's the most important thing I'm taking away from what you're saying. Sure. I mean, honestly, you said exactly what I was getting ready to say. So listen to your body. When your body is telling you to slow down, listen to it and actually follow through. Or when something doesn't feel normal, seek help. You know, don't wait. Some people wait too long and it can lead to serious consequences. One thing I would say, and you mentioned this kind of see the doctor, establish care with a primary care doctor. So a lot of young women, and you mentioned this earlier as well, use their gynecologist or their obstetrician as their primary care doctor. And we should stop doing that (laughs) because I actually had a case recently where someone came in with a simple issue that they ended up hospitalized for because the gynecologist really wasn't equipped to deal with that issue. The gynecologist is there to deal with reproductive health. Mm -hmm. They're not there to handle if you have a cough or if your stomach hurts or whatever these other issues may be. They're definitely not there to manage diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Those are all the things that lead to the number one killer of women in America. And so you need a primary care doctor, no matter what your age is. Once you age out of your pediatrician in your 20s or early 20s, just get a primary care doctor. So that was a big 
point I wanted to make. And then lastly, we, we've discussed this a bunch, but just make time for your physical and mental health. None of us have a lot of free time. So it's not like we just have time to luxuriate in doing nice things for ourselves, but you make time for what you want. And so you have to make time for yourself because you want to be your best self for your family, for your job, for your business and everything else. So make the time. Yes. I mean, I agree with all of that. And I'll just add by saying some of the things that I try to do for self-care. You know, I definitely pay attention, as Dr. Turner mentioned, when I'm tired, I try to go to sleep. I do practice going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time daily so that I do have a little bit of a routine when it comes to sleep. I'm the type of person when I don't get enough sleep, I'm cranky. So if I'm not if I'm tired, nobody's happy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, by me just recognizing that, I know that sleep is something that's really important. Um, something else that I think is important and we didn't really talk much about yet, I think, you know, eating good, healthy, balanced diets are also important because what we consume has an impact on how we feel. For me, I've realized that when I consume a lot of meat, I just don't feel right. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't think I can become vegetarian and I'm not necessarily advocating for that because I do like a good hamburger every now and then. But I think this is a part of paying attention to your body, right? Like overeating or not eating enough, not having fruits and vegetables and enough fiber. All of these things impact how our bodies show up for us being here and being healthy. Mm -hmm. Something else, um, exercise. We schedule meetings, right? When things are important to us, we put them on our calendar. So I think it's important for us to start scheduling our self-care. And one of the things that I schedule in my calendar at least four times a week is exercise. And I think at least 30 minutes a day. You want to make sure that you're engaging in physical activity. Um, and I think it's important to schedule that. Um, meditation is also good. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to, you know, take five, 10 minutes out of your day to just have quiet time. Meditate. The practice of meditation, I think, can calm your mind, can ease some anxiety. Um, I'm not saying that you should meditate in place of seeing a therapist because therapy is important. But also, if you have spiritual beliefs and you practice any type of religious practice, I think prayer and also reading spiritual writings like the Bible could also be really important um, things to prioritize. I say all of that to say we really need to prioritize self-care. Thank you so much, y'all. That was so informative. And I'm glad you said that about meditation because sometimes you got to cut that radio off and just drive to get those kids in silence because your car is going to (laughs) be all popping and nothing but noise, noise and stress. Okay, so sometimes you need that silence. Just have some peace, some peace to bring yourself down for the next part of your day, because definitely as mothers, we get off work with the first shift. Actually, we start the first shift getting the kids ready to school. Okay, then you get off work and then you're starting that next shift, right? The real shift. So we got to incorporate all of the things that these wonderful ladies have mentioned today so that we can take care of ourselves. And again, us here at Mothers in Construction, we care. We care about our listeners. We want the best for you. Even if it's not all of these things, just start with one thing that you can improve on your day. 
So I want to thank you ladies so much. This has been so great. I'm so blessed to know you all and have you in my pocket. <laughs> right? And like I said, everyone doesn't have the opportunity to have access to resources of information. So can you all share how people can know more about you and your businesses on social media? Sure. Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for the invitation to be on the podcast. So proud of all the work that you're doing for mothers in construction. So you can find me on Twitter at Adana Yanos. It's A-D-A-N-A-L-L-A-N-O-S. I'm also on Instagram at Savvy underscore Dane. And my biomedical consulting company is www.winbiomedical.com. Win is spelled W-Y-N-N. And if you're searching for fashionable clothing and accessories, you can also find Savvyville Boutique at Instagram. So at Savvyville Boutique and also our website, www.savvyvilleboutique.com. Thank you. Yes. So I want to echo what Dr. Yano said. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great time and I will be happy to come back if you need me. Um, um, I guess I'll start with Virtual Wellness MD. So it's www.virtualwellnessmd.com. The same on Instagram. So at Virtual Wellness MD. Also, HBCU Couture. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at HBCU Couture. And our website coming soon. <laughs> and it's www hbcucouture.com. Yes, thank you so much, ladies. Love you much. Thank you to my guests for joining us and thank you for tuning in to MIC. Please be sure to check us out every Thursday and don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're using so that you don't miss an episode when we drop. Remember, being a mom in this industry is about making sacrifices, but you do not have to sacrifice your dreams. If someone else has done it, you can as well. Do what you got to do and make it happen.